Yo, yo. Welcome to the Elder Nerds Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to my esteemed colleague and co-host, The Dude. What's up, dude? You know, 2022. That's right. We made it. Like, this is my opportunity to uh, celebrate these albums one last time as we do our top 10 records of the year for each of us. Yeah. Once that's done, I can purge them. <laughs> and start <laughs> you, anew. <laughs> you ready to clean out already? Well, I'll see which ones hang, but you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, sure. No, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work putting together these year end lists as we're doing today. We got our top 10 records of 2021. Yeah, what's your thoughts, man? Was it a good year in music in general for you or where does it compare? Uh, yes, it was. I think there were a lot of good albums. What did you think? Um, yeah, I thought it was a good year. I, I, on par with other years, I would say. I didn't really think it was particularly great, but not particularly bad either. For me, it's a good year when bands that I really like put stuff out, and a bunch of them did, and several of them are on this list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of that cycle where, oh, their last album was 2019, so... They probably do. <laughs> so on my 2019 list, I have a feeling that many of these bands were also there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you're consistent, man. All right, let's just take a brief moment and talk about our general approach to these lists and kind of how we come up with these and, and why we picked these records over some others. What is your what is your philosophy with these year-end lists, man? Which ones am I still listening to? Okay. In for this year, nothing that we didn't talk about on a previous show made it, but sometimes they do. I think mm-hmm. you have some. You have some new ones in here. Yeah. It was a little easier for me this year. I went through our shows. I went through the list of things I've been listening to and was like, which, which ones excite me? And then the, the really weird part was I did my list and I thought it was set. And then listening back to these records again, I totally shifted things around. Stuff that I thought was number one ended up like way down. Yeah. I did the same thing actually. Yeah. Put together the list initially and then reorganized it a few times over the last couple of weeks. All right. Anything else you want to say before we dig in here? Uh, absolutely not. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, without further ado, here is our Elbner's official top 10 albums of 2021. It's the final countdown. Number 10. Okay. Number 10 for Dude here is Vincent Neil Emerson. The album was also Vincent Neil Emerson. came out in June of 2021. It is a country album. We featured it on episode 130, if you're interested in hearing some more details and some clips. East Texas-born singer-songwriter, poetic, kind of has a Jim Morrison vibe in terms of the, the lyrical content, the way that it's that it's written, at least to me. This is a second full length produced by Randy Crowell. Uh, has toured and been affiliated with artists like Culture Wall and Charlie Crockett. It's rootsy country folk. Some really great songs. Uh, Learning to Drown. Whew, yep. That'll make you think. That it, yeah, that's uh, about his father committing suicide and his mother having a drinking problem. And it is very detailed and Quite moving, so it's totally worth checking the album out for that alone. Ballad of the Choctaw Apache, White Horse Saloon, High on Getting By. Those are some of my, my favorites on there. Andy, I remember you uh, enjoying this, at least to some degree. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, I remember appreciating his the poetry a fair amount. And 
kind of the loose quality to how the record was put together. Didn't make my list, but uh, didn't hate it either. All right, man. So uh, what's your number 10? All right. For number 10 coming for me is a record that was featured on our previous episode, episode 136. It is the instrumental guitar rock record from Marissa Anderson and William Tyler entitled Lost Futures. So this is a collab between these two uh, accomplished guitarists recorded kind of during the height of the pandemic in 2020. What I appreciated most about it was kind of the, the, uh, albumness of this type of instrumental record. It had a really nice sort of like more like cinematic quality to it that really ebbed and flowed and kind of had like a, a distinct beginning, middle and end, which I thought was pretty cool for this type of music. Still listen to it a fair amount today. Any thoughts, man? Did you come back to this one and after we talked about it? Uh, well, no, I haven't, I didn't listen to it again. I, I haven't had a rainy day to stare out the window holding a cup of Earl Grey tea <laughs> to listen to it. But no, I, I mean, yeah, it, there's a time I might want to listen to it. Like I, I could see it for a unwind relax kind of situation, but, uh, unwind relax. Yes. You do a lot of that. I got it from 30 rock. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I make up nothing. Everything I say is recycled. <laughs> All right, man. So once again, that was lost futures from, uh, Marissa Anderson and William Tyler is my number 10 pick. Number nine. Aaron Jones. Album was Child of the State. Came out in May of 2021. It's sort of a blues rock alternative Seattle sound blend. Aaron is from Seattle. Uh, been performing there for years. This is his major label debut. But he, he did put out some independent recordings before I had not heard of him. It's kind of like uh, if you're into soul, blues, maybe some Alice in Chains, some Soundgarden sounds. Just kind of, you know, the, the, the songs about the muddy waters, baptizing the muddy waters, you know. It just sounds, the whole album sounds like it's from the Pacific Northwest, yeah. which is what I uh, part of what I really like about it, as well as just that he mixes it up with some bluesy uh, slow songs. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I still listen to it. I, I liked it even more uh, uh, the more I listened to it. So uh, this will be probably a staple for me. Andy, I know you were kind of lukewarm on Aaron. Yeah, mixed thoughts on this record. Um, I agree with you. It, it sounds like Seattle. You, as soon as you hear it, even if you don't know what Seattle sounds like, I think <laughs> you can feel it. Like that 90s sound isn't there. Some cool guitar solos, but yeah, I, I, this one doesn't connect with me as much. Well, no one asked you. Wait, I did. You did, actually. <laughs> Y'all are going to like it. Don't listen to Andy. Aaron Jones. It was episode 131 if you want the details. Yeah. Child of the State. Go check it out. All right. For my number nine selection, talking about a post-punk record coming out of London from the artist Black Country New Road. The album is For the First Time. This was their debut record. Very similar to the band Slint, if you remember them from the 90s. Kind of like fusing punk rock and jazz and some interesting, more esoteric concepts. Really love this one. Um, came back to it and I moved it up on my list a bit higher than I had it originally. It was one of the, probably the most promising debut of, of 2021 for me. Dude, thoughts? Black Country, New Road? Uh, never got on that road again. <laughs> I mean, I had listened to yeah. it previous to you bringing it to the show and had moved right. on from it. So, yeah, it's just not my... Not your bag. No. It's okay. That's why there's two of us. That's right. We cover all the bases. 
So yeah, Black Country meh, Road. It's Black Country New Road. Oh. The, the album is for the first time. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a great selection. I've seen it on many year end lists. Not that you're wrong or anything, dude. But oh, I'm probably uh, wrong. Yes, I have seen it on many lists as well. How <laughs> that that matters really. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Number eight. I'm sorry, number eight. You were number one when I started my list. Wow, that's a that's a pretty significant shift. Well, tell us what well, it is first here. Yeah, sure. uh, the album is by Urn. Uh, the album is called Serpent and Spirit. Came out in June of 2021. Featured on episode 129 of the Album Nerds podcast. It's a metal thrash prog uh, blend. London three piece. These guys are amazing. Their 2018 debut EP was The Mountain of Gold. This is their first album. They came from a sludge hardcore band previously. This is 56 minutes, eight tracks. It's expansive. It's even got an instrumental on it called Memorial, track three, that I actually like a lot. I love it. Not a instrumentals guy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's stoner, metalcore, thrash. It's a great album. And uh, the singer, Joe Nally, can go from guttural screams to really beautiful, clean vocals. It's like It sounds like two or three people singing. There's a lot to love about it. And I do love it. It's just, it wasn't, and when I came back to it, I mean, I've listened to it throughout the year. It wasn't as much fun to listen to as some of the others as I was going through them. And that's why it shifted on a technical basis, technically in its production and what they're able to do. It's way up at the top, but this is still hmm. ten, 10 out of like a hundred records that I listened to or more over the course yeah. of the year. What, what were your feelings on this? Uh, I'm just curious too, when it wasn't as much fun, like because of the subject matter being more somber and. I think just because of the groove, I wasn't catching a groove from it, mm. but I still really enjoy it, but I wasn't finding myself like. Yeah. Moving and. Right, right. Yeah. So, Actually, I had this one, um, fairly high on my list on my first pass. Um, I ended up moving it down quite a bit because I thought. I actually thought technically it wasn't as polished as I remembered it being originally. And just kind of, there's moments, there's a lot of moments on it where I was like, yeah, this is okay. There's, there's definitely high, high moments on it. And I'm definitely encouraged to see what they do next. But I, yeah, I wasn't quite as high on it as I was when we reviewed it earlier in the year. In June, it was my number one. And that's why I immediately put it on my list. But then I had to compare it to everything else that's yeah. come since. You know? It was such a pleasant surprise, I guess. Yes. When we first discovered it. So. Yeah, I mean, I I highly recommend it. I think, I mean, we're we're nitpicking here. I mean, the difference between eight and one is minuscule. You know, when it comes down to it, these are albums we love. So, I don't want to disparage this at all. Earn Serpent and Spirit, yeah, awesome uh, metal record with a yeah. little bit of everything for everyone. Check it out. No, that's a cool record. It's a cool record. I don't mean to crap on it either. All right, my number eight pick is something we have not talked about on a previous episode. Got two of those on my list here. All right, uh, Andy, this in. is an opp- this is an opportunity. I did yes. not listen to this, uh-huh. so this I'm going to see what it's like to be an album nerds podcast listener. Sell me, <laughs> make me want to listen to this record. Man, I wish I had prepared even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's coming in from the hip hop, and we're a trio. 
by the name of Injury Reserve. The name of their album is By the Time I Get to Phoenix. This came out in September of 2021. This is a sophomore studio record. Kind of the story behind this record is one of their members uh, passed away as they were recording it. His name is Stefa J. Groggs. He's featured on the record some, and some of the tracks on the record directly deal with his passing. Um, I feel like this has kind of become a, a trend for me in some of these countdown shows over the last few years. I'm mm-hmm. finding myself picking all these like post uh, humanists. Post humanists? Is that how you say that? After somebody dies. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's post hummus. Post hummus? <laughs> After eating hummus? <laughs> That's some, uh, some bad hummus, man. Po- it's posthumous. Posthumous, thank you. Yes. And anyway, it's kind of an experimental left field hip hop record that, and this is kind of cliche, but I would say it's almost genre defining in terms of its sound. It's never have heard anything like this. There's a lot of singing, a clean mm. singing, a what? but not in like a necessarily a pretty way there's a lot of distortion and sort of like technical wizardry going on um and others like the production is a big part of the sound um also a lot of really good rapping a lot of like emotions especially involving around uh the band member's death yeah when i came back to this i was really floored and kind of shocked that i did not pick this (laughs) for one of our full shows it's really good and it's really on me it's not too long i think it's maybe just 40 minutes maybe a little under yeah every track on it is really great i think to give it give it it's worth a try give it the first five minutes a listen it's pretty consistent okay. in terms of tone if you're into it i think i think the best hip-hop record of this year wow i feel comfortable that, saying that hip-hop's a hard sell for me usually uh something unique is what the unique things are what catch my interest so yeah mm-hmm. uh, injury reserve I mean, being a a football fan, I like that. I like that artist name, so I'm I'm right. interested just right there. I will definitely go check this out, especially if you're promising me genre defining. You hear that, everyone? Andy says genre defining. So <laughs> I would I would feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, okay, I think it's go. a very very cool sound. All right, let's all go check it out then. Yeah, by the time I get to Phoenix by Injury Reserve, it's definitely worth worth hearing. Number seven. An old friend here at number seven, the Fighters of Foo, Medicine at Midnight, their February 2021 release. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Rock and roll royalty. Yep. Uh, started this band all by himself, made a record all by himself in 1994, released in 95, I believe. This is sort of poppier. Sort of dancey at times. Mm-hmm. It's Grohl likened the album sound to David Bowie's Let's Dance album mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, uh, David Bowie took kind of a turn in his style for Let's Dance. Uh, not that it sounds like a David Bowie record. Uh, episode 120, we talk about both of those albums, as a matter of fact. So go what check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Stuck in my head. I found myself, I listened to Foo Fighters pretty regularly through the year. Hmm. Poking through their albums, uh, Wasting Light, it's one of my favorites. But I found myself listening to the first record and this one, back to back, quite a bit. Um, pretty different, I would imagine. Sonically. It is, and I think that's what was fun about listening to them back to back, because one of them is more of a head-banging situation, the first record, mm-hmm. and the second one is more of a, you know, 
grooving, grooving a little yeah. bit. You find yourself kind of <laughs> tapping your toes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've enjoyed it long term more than I expected. I didn't even think it was going to be on this list, but as I was listening to stuff, I'm like, you know what? Hmm. I've really, I've really dug this throughout the year. I've had fun listening to it. So sometimes that's enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the highlights: making a fire, cloud spotter is a really great song. Waiting on a war. Uh, title track Minister at Midnight is kind of dancey and fun, and Love Dies Young is probably the most '80s sort of <laughs> song of the bunch. I believe in this yeah. show in episode 120. I think I imitated it by going "Wee you, wee you, wee you, wee you" because there's some of that in there. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I brought it back. Uh, yeah, you know this is a this is a really fun record. It probably is the most fun Foo Fighters record in their catalog. Uh, it didn't end up making my list, but. I did enjoy it, and I appreciate that they're willing to kind of like step outside of their comfort zone and really, really try something different. And for the most part, I think it works. Uh, later in the year, they released a a kind of EP with some studio recordings and some live performances. Oh yeah, uh, it was by the DGs, is what they put on it. Like they the basically BGs, did they did a bunch of BGs. They, they did BGs songs. <laughs> oh okay, yeah, BGs covers. Uh, with the falsetto and everything. So that's oh, fun wow. too. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I'll yeah. actually check that out. Hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah, go check out uh, the Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight, and uh, go check out their Bee Gees <laughs> covers too while you're at it. <laughs> Coming out for my number seven pick is Ad Nauseum and their record Imperative Imperceptible Impulse which is a death metal record from the Northern Italian four-piece. It's their second full length. Uh, man, this is a dense, intense record. It took me months to really get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But once I did, like I, I feel like I've discovered this rare gem, and now I can just covet it and <laughs> hold it next to my bosom. Well, that, that works into the analogy I had in my head was – yeah. I in my head listening to this I remember it feeling like being a coal miner, being trapped in a cave and trying to dig your way out. <laughs> but collapsing around you. <laughs> what what do you find in a coal mine, right? What's the what can the coal become? Diamonds. Cancer? Oh, yeah. Uh uh yeah, no, I think this record is incredible. It is not an easy listen. It's super dark and super layered. Really great on headphones. Like and this is kind of also a cliche, but they really do incorporate some really interesting elements of classical music into the death metal genre. It's extreme, but also beautiful. And not for the faint of heart, but I think it's one of those records where if you put in the energy and it gives a lot back to you. So I, I recommend if you listen to it with your headphones, make sure you're sitting next to a window on a day when the sun is out and shining on your skin so you feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll just think you're in Wait, a box. Think you're dead. <laughs> That's a great review, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so once again, the record is Ad Nauseum. I'm sorry, the artist is Ad Nauseum. The album is Imperative Imperceptible Impulse. It's available on Bandcamp. Number six. Unto Others. Formerly nice. I, Idle Hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed their name recently, I think, because they signed to a major label and had, there was some other band or something with the same name. So they're a heavy metal gothic rock band from Portland, Oregon. 
This album is called Strength, came out in September of 2021. You can listen uh, more about it on episode 137, where we talk about this album and a Cure album in comparison and contrast on the on the genre. And they kind of really lean into each other, so I highly recommend that. Unto others, I liked Idle Hands' Mana a few years ago. I think 2019, probably. <laughs> yeah. One of those. As are the Foo Fighters, one of the 2019s. Um, <laughs> Coming back up. Yeah. Uh, so their first album... So they have sort of a ministry, cure sort of vibe, but they also have like an Iron Maiden sort of traditional mm-hmm. heavy metal sound as well. This one leans a little more into the gothic, and I thought I would like it less, but I turned out to like it more. Uh, and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the rest of the genre that I had largely ignored through the 80s and 90s. So I've been listening to more albums by The Cure and bands of that that ilk because of this. So, uh, Andy, how, how do you feel about this one? Well, it's funny you should ask because, uh, this actually is my next pick as well. Coming in at number six, six for me is also the surprising record. I know. I know. I never would have thought this would make my list. You know, I think I owe a lot of it to, uh, to the Alpeners podcast, given a yeah. self-graduatory shout out. I think, uh, my tastes have changed a lot in the years we've done this show. And I think, a large part to your picks and just kind of having a broader understanding of a lot of what was going on in the 80s and sort of like, you know, that new wave sound, but also kind of like how post-punk has kind of re- responded to that. And I think a lot of that is shows up on this record here. I, I put this on all the time just for like a fun listen. There's yeah. so many elements on here that really work well together. There's some cheesy moments. You yes. can't forget that freaking eagle screech. I know. I'll never let that on go. The, on the song Destiny. <laughs> Yeah, there's some terrible production choices, but well, the album as a whole is really great. <laughs> I still, I still say I kind of like the, I like the gutsiness of, of going, <laughs> up, going, going a little cartoony and having, yeah, having I, these, if, it, you know, the sound effects like a screeching eagle or whatever it is through the song, where it's like, is that, is that outside or is that happening on this song? <laughs> Yeah, it's a. This band has a. There's just something very uh, magnetic about them. The vocals are awesome, right in the right in the pocket. You know, they catch it yeah. right in the pocket on everything. Yeah. Production's great, all, all in all. Yes, there are some choices, but it's not like bad sounding quality. The quality is no. great. Quality is good. So yeah, um, unto others, man. They are totally worth checking out if you like metal. If you like goth if you like hard rock i think they kind of check all the boxes definitely go check out the album strength yeah i would i would second that and with that we are coming into our top five of the year halfway home buddy oh yeah (laughs) all right so we're gonna talk a little bit more at length about these records and play a clip um but yeah we'll try and keep it moving number five Okay, number five, Genesis Owusu, Smiling with No Teeth. March 2021, episode 123. There's a hip-hop, I say it's a hip-hop, rock, pop, funk, R&B blend. Yeah. It's debut record, but uh, let's play a little clip. Liven things up around here a little bit. We're going to check out a little bit of The Other Black Dog. Chill and 
Yeah, you can't see us, but we're both bobbing our heads like a couple of dorks. Uh, <laughs> White idiots. <laughs> Look like bobbleheads on somebody's dashboard. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we can we can uh, tell everyone the secret. This is your number five as well. Yeah, I love, love this record as well. Uh, one of the most just creative like explosion kind of records where just like who is this guy and then like he does all these things amazingly and it works somehow i know man i mean i hear i think what i like about it is as i have stated many times not a huge hip-hop head but there's so much going on here and some of the stuff i've liked over the years like some of the the more experimental outcast records Mm -hmm. Jimi hendrix is in here but there's definitely like modern day prince here this guy to me sounds like a musical genius like i don't know how much help he got on this stuff but it's so creative the songs all have such personality some are about serious topics yeah but man i can't i just keep coming back to this and part of the reason that i you brought this to a show to episode 123 i had heard it before and i had liked it but i'd just forgotten and I've had to, because of my habits of listening when I'm doing work, when I'm on a project for work, I'm listening to metal and stuff like that for the most part. And I forget to explore. And the show mm-hmm. and your influence on me has helped me to remind myself to go enjoy this record. And I've been enjoying it all year. Cool. That's so great, man. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I've been coming back to it. Not as much as I thought I would. But man, the beginning of the year, I listened to the hell out of this. Yeah, he, he says a lot. Um, the songs are immediately catchy. I think just the quality of the writing. Um, but if you dig into the lyrics a lot, he's really dealing with a lot of like social issues. Um, a couple of them are unique to Australia, but a lot of them are just, you know, general issues for poor people and, you know, black people. Yeah. I get this, he gets this whole black dog concept, which explored throughout the record and it kind of changes meaning a few different times. Uh, it's really interesting. Besides that, just the, I was able to change genres. I feel like we say this a lot over the show, you know, on different episodes. Like changing genres can be cool. It also can feel gimmicky. This just feels like he's just naturally like channeling it all. Lives in these spaces. Yeah. Like it's just part of who he is. Absolutely. And yeah, like you said, Prince. I mean, there's like one song on here that sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song somehow, yeah. and it works fine. It sounds good. Yeah, it gets into some spirituality towards the end of the record. I think it doesn't sound cheesy. It really kind of packs a punch in terms of its meaning i mean if you're a fan at all of, of hip-hop or surrounding genres i think this is a slam dunk oh yeah absolutely awesome record. he also released missing molars which is like a deluxe collection songs from this album i think some songs that weren't on the album some different versions it's yeah. 20 it's 20 tracks start with this make sure that you're starting with uh smiling with no teeth it is awesome yes agreed that's Genesis Awusu. Go listen to it, please. Number four. Finally, we don't have the same pick. <laughs> Number four, <laughs> Alien Weaponry. New Zealand band formed in Auckland in 2010 by two brothers, and they've added a third person. They rock. It's thrash. It's power metal. It's groove metal. Came out in September of 2021. The album is called Tengaroa, as is the track we're about to listen to. Come on, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That scratches some itches, doesn't it? Ooh. That part's great, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these these young men are of Maori descent. So the albums are a mix of, of English and uh, Maori, and it's stories of their ancestry and uh, the sort of the tribal sounds. You hear a lot of chanting and really cool elements, which they had in their uh, debut album, too, as well. I was looking forward to this all year, and we talked about it on episode 135. I was so psyched for it, and I think it was one of those one of those uh, expectations situations. So I really liked it, but I was hypercritical of it. I I think, and the more I, I just I, re- I just infectious to me, infectious grooves, if you will, and I I just really dig it. Uh, I like it ev- way more than I did when it came out. Nice, man. Yeah, it actually did make my list a little towards the end, but I did really enjoy, especially the first handful of songs. I, yeah, I love the love the concept still of the band, and I hope they keep going and bringing out that cool Maori culture and really unique sound from them. Yeah, so uh, if you like metal and you like uh, metal with a little bit of thought, a little bit of creativity, a little bit of something to learn, if you read the lyrics and, and learn about some of these warriors they talk about and these wars and situations that are historical, it's really cool. I think these are three young men to definitely keep an eye on. Alien Weaponry, Tangaroa. It's awesome. Cool. Good pick, man. Glad to see them up on the list here. For my number four record, actually is a record we have not talked about on the shows before, comes from artist Spelling. He spells that with three L's. The album is entitled The Turning Wheel. This came out back in June of 2021. Uh, it's her third studio album from the California-based uh, singer songwriter sell me on this man well why don't we why don't we play a little clip Let's, all right since we can do that now uh we'll play the title track here this is turning wheel Pretty record. Um, I think she kind of she's put out a couple of previous records that I enjoyed. They're a little bit darker, more mysterious. This is a little bit more in that pop space. So there certainly is a lot of R and B happening as well. What captivated about me? I think just the overall quality of each track on here. Kind of a lot of earworms, a lot of hooks that are catchy. Maybe in the way almost like a Michael Jackson record would kind of stick with you. There's not a lot of danceable moments, but there's a lot of pretty orchestration, um, some interesting production choices. That was, uh, so I haven't heard this record. I just heard that track for the first time. Sounds mm-hmm. gospely, man. Is the rest of it gospely? Um, yeah, there's definitely some choirs involved. There's definitely some orchestration, lots of strings. Cool. It's very pretty. It's a very nice record to just have on. I think I, what took me most about it, why I came up so high on my list was because I was sort of lukewarm on it. And all of a sudden, in December, it really hit with me. And I, I kind of wish I had brought it up earlier when it came out. Cool. So yeah, spelling, the turning wheel. I think it's worth some deeper lessons. And I'm probably going to keep listening to it into 2022 here. Number three. It's uh, Mac Leapart. 
Mac Leapheart. Music City Joke is the name of the album. Oh. The guy struggled to make it in uh, Nashville, mm-hmm. Music City. Came out February of 2021. I loved it on first listen. Still do. Let's check out a little bit from Window from the Sky. Little bird, he got me thinking about a long time free. Stuck in a corner, he got backed up in. Maybe he likes that corner fine. But he's tired of the sermons and lessons preached. We've been reaching out, but he can't be reached. That don't mean we just quit trying. Cause it's never easy, yeah, to say. Find your wings and fly. It's tougher than it has to be. Sometimes you just can't tell the window from the sky. All right, so yeah, that was Window from the Sky. One of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, it's kind of indicative of what who this guy is. Kind of a John Prine vibe. Mm-hmm. Storytelling, simple words, really paints pictures, simple instrumentation, gravelly kind of nasal voice a little bit. Just sounds like a hug, man. I feel like he's my friend. <laughs> and he's one of yeah. few, one of few artists on uh, Instagram to thank us for featuring him on the show and stuff. This oh, guy's well, thank him. Yeah, this guy's working hard to make it. This album's been doing pretty well for him. He's gotten the tour. It's tough with what's going on out there. Window from the sky, what I love about the imagery of that is it starts talking about this bird that keeps slamming into the window because you can't tell the window from the sky. And sometimes in life, yeah. we get stuck in a place and we we get we just can't tell where the exit is because we're staring mm-hmm. at the window and banging into it. So I thought <laughs> it was a really cool way of, of talking about making change in your life. Clever, gruff, honest observations. It's what I love about this kind of music, this this style of country music. How about you? Man? Yeah, no, yeah, he's he does. It's hard to believe he wouldn't be taken seriously because he has such a great way of delivering interesting message with a very plain spoken kind of approach. Like you said, John Prine, I think is a great comparison. Uh, I reminded of that one song, uh, "Bell to Bob." Oh yeah, the, the Do you remember that track? Of course, uh, it's got a longer title than that, but it's from the perspective of the guitar. Uh, that was bought at a pawn shop, and he tells about all the different people that have owned them and about yeah. the kind of music they were playing. And Some of them are good. Some of them couldn't play them at yeah, all. And It's pretty funny. And, yeah, and uh part where he talks about his friend, the harmonica, you know, coming, <laughs> coming to the play. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff that just makes Mac come to life as a, as a human being that's telling you some stories. It's it's a, it's. It's a great album. I've I've tried to get as many people to listen to it as I can. So I'm encouraging all y'all to do that right now. Well, after you're finished with our show and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, then go <laughs> listen to Mac Leapart, Music City Joke. It's great. Uh, coming up on number three is a band I'm shocked we haven't talked about yet this year on the countdown. Talking about show favorite, of course, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. We did talk about this album. Uh, yeah, so we did talk about this record uh butterfly 3000 back on episode 132 uh so this is king gizzard's 18th studio album wow it's from the six piece from melbourne australia kind of a synthy twist for the the gizzard group to the synth pop space it's much more of a softer record but 
it made me appreciate how good their songwriting is. And I listened to this quite a bit. Uh, why don't we play a cut from the middle of the record? This is uh, Interior People. Yeah, so uh, singer, songwriter there, Stuart McKenzie, had a, his first child. His daughter was born, I believe, in 2020. Um, and it changed his perspective on the world a fair amount, made things a little bit lighter, a little bit happier, obviously. A little more laid-back sound here. Lots of this falsetto, which I really appreciate. And this bouncy drum and synth sounds. Their sounds just about, like, changing and evolving and kind of growing into the world there's still a fair amount about you know the climate change and stuff that they love to talk typically talk about could interior people be multiple personality disorder i think it is i think that's kind of what he's getting at is like being stuck inside and then kind of like all these different parts of you start to becoming uh fighting each other is that Uh, is that covid related do you think too in terms of being stuck inside and and oh yeah learning about new parts of yourself and losing others yeah i would say the pandemic his daughter, and then just general world chaos. There's the main topics well, discussed here. That's that's kind. Of, I mean, with any catastrophe, and you're writing about it, and it's affecting you at the time. Decades later, whatever the catastrophe that is happening then can easily be supplanted, and someone can get something out of mm-hmm. you know because it's a similar feeling, just because it's not the same thing. But Word. we got a lot of that. What do you think of this record? Did not my favorite of theirs, but I warmed up to it. I mean, there's so many. 18 or nine, are they up to 19? Did they do another one after this? They put out mint several a year a lot of times, folks. So yeah. of different styles. I still like the Thrash album the best. It's it's pleasant. It's it's not long, which is always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did put out a self-titled record it's called lw um before this record which also made my list kind of in the middle of my list yeah i mean they're a great band like it's pretty hard for me to imagine a year when they put out music they're not gonna have something in my top 10 i just think they're one of the best doing it and this is such a cool a cool twist on their sound and made me really appreciate the level of quality that they're putting out so king gizzard lizard wizard butterfly 3000 my number three pick Number two. I found this one. I still, <laughs> I still can't believe it. Taking all the credit. He created this record from scratch. This is, a, this is again, this is a union. This is a love fest. We both have this album at number two, which makes it easier on you guys as what, well. <laughs> what, what is the record, man? I, to know. What can we both love? The Killers. The Killers. The killers. Blah, 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 blah. Just a blah, blah, blah. Yeah, The Killers, <laughs> Pressure Machine, August of 2021, we feature on episode 132. Wow. I mean- Wow. Wow. I'm blown away. Blown away. I'm be- like, I wrote them that band, not that I thought they sucked or anything, it just was pop, fun stuff for other people, you know? I, I've never listened to The Killers. Yeah, they were part of that like early 2000s garage rock revival. Yeah, like, yeah. Pop yeah. rock kind of sounds. Uh it was fun at the time, but this is not that at all. This no. is totally different. 
it's like Heartland Rock, and it, it it's a story of a of a small town, and there's versions of it. the The good version, in my opinion, is the one with the interviews in front of each song, where people from this small town in Utah talk about the local stuff and what they love about their town, and then these songs all relate to it. So why don't we listen to a little bit of Quiet Town, get a flavor for this thing. I mean, it's like it's like a Bruce Springsteen album, but not mm-hmm. in the best way. Like it's the, that kind of music, but with a unique voice, unique styles, but brought in the elements that you need for that Heartland rock. And dude, dude, yeah, there's not a bad song on this thing. Like this, in my number one, it's a it's a hair that's separating them, and it's really genre. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Where I had to, my number one <laughs> has to be the genre, uh, but this one, dude crazy uh talk about some of the songs you you like on this well i mean really every i can't say that too often but every song on here is great and they all fit together into kind of a cohesive whole which is important to us on the albumers podcast yeah i mean terrible thing always kind of throws me back when i hear it because the beginning of the record is more just kind of setting the stage west hills and quiet town that you Mm -hmm. just played just kind of giving you a feel for the landscape and people who live there and then you get terrible thing which is about a young man contemplating suicide and just like he's got like, no other possibilities you know the, the drug uh tie-ins are very strong it reminds me a lot of that sam stone song from mm. the 60s yeah that song hits me hard every time yeah yeah a lot about uh, a lot about the opioid crisis hitting yeah. small town america and it does and yeah it's it's awesome i mean it, it is like shivers like goosebumps from yeah from i'm getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. it <laughs> yeah oh man i yeah i've seen this record come up on a lot of lists here on lists already and part of me hates putting it on so high on my list just because of that reason but it's great i can't deny it. this is a great record i think this is like a will be a classic record in 10 years from now it deserves to be yeah i was briefly we should mention that the Tied so beautifully together with these little spoken word, mm-hmm. not passages, more like recordings of some of the different characters or people on this town. And it just so beautifully captures like the goods and the bads of living in a small town and sort of like the changes that are happening. You got the train coming through town and like bringing all these changes and the horses kind of, I think they represent some specific things within the town. And it's, it's perfectly done. I wouldn't change a thing. Nope. Nice job, Killers. Damn. Yeah, Killers. What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Killing it. Now, now, Killing here, it. now here it comes. All right. Wow, we made it all this way. We made it. We made it all the way. Here we go. Number one. Wow. Dude's number one pick for 2021. I'll add some echo to that. It's going to sound great. What is it, man? From Pins and Needles. Mastodon. Hushed and grim. 
I didn't see this coming, bro. Me either. We, we talked about them on episode 139. I love Mastodon. Andy used to love Mastodon more than me. I've surpassed <laughs> him. Uh, <laughs> came out in October 2021. Hard rock, heavy metal. Band formed in 2000. Concept albums up the wazoo. They keep up with the concept here. Uh, this album is a tribute to their former manager, Nick John, who died from cancer in 2018. They call him the fifth member of the band. Good friend. Helped them build this thing. And it's pretty emotional. Mm -hmm. And it's a double album. And there's a lot of songs. And some <laughs> of them are long. There's a lot of it. And I thought it'd be hovering in the middle somewhere, but the more I listened to it over, you know, since October, the more I, I love the little details and uh, the love and care that went into these songs. Love it. Uh, it's it's only gotten better for me. It has elements of all their albums in it. Little Blood Mountain, really Little Crack the Sky. Really yeah. It's it's all there. All right. Well, let's uh, let's have some pain with an anchor. Right, so that's uh, I think that's a pretty good representation. What do you think about this now that it's been a few months? Well, uh, boy, I actually feel I was kind of mixed on it when we reviewed it a few months ago. Mm -hmm. I think I'm actually uh, a little bit lower on it than I was originally. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, see, I told you. Hey, Mastodon, if you're listening, Andy hate you. <laughs> You know, I love Mastodon, man. I do love, I've dug into some of these songs some more in like the history and the recording process. And they're awesome. They're such great guys. Like I feel very connected to them. There's so many songs in here that are just like, no, don't do it for me at all. And I, I've even hit, still hit skip while listening to this record, which I'm not a skip person. I will fucking grit my teeth and get through a record. There's songs on here I just, don't have interest in hearing or they sound so similar to previous versions on our previous records that I, I just don't have any interest in hearing these sort of like watered down versions of ouch be. ouch <laughs> now when we on the show when um, we talked about this on on episode 139 one of the things we talked about was that candy the concept of candy candy's delicious yes. Macedon yeah. it's nothing but candy you might prefer like when you're opening that box of Valentine's candy. The coconut mm. one might, might not be your favorite, but still good. Still candy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's good. It's good. I, I've been rotting my teeth out on some tear drinker this year for sure. That's probably my favorite song of the year. Um, so that does cool. Like they, they got into those groovy space on a couple of tracks on here that I love, but yeah, sorry, man. Mastodon it's, just deserves a place at the table. I think they, they, des they deserve the head of the table. They didn't do a double album by, Double on my plan, but the songs just kept coming, and they had t more time than usual to do it. With pandemic, and um, I think these things are just shiny and perfect. If you like the hard rock, if you like the heavy metal, if you like some melodic stuff, if you like a mix of vocalists and different sounds, and if you want to wallow in grief with hope, <laughs> there's hope. With hope. 
There's a go check out Mastodon, <laughs> hushed and grim. All right, man. Good pick. Good pick. I'm glad to see Mastodon getting represented on our list here. All right, for my number one pick of 2021, I got a surprising one. I, I'm surprising myself with this. Oh, one. Man, I wish I had the sound effect from uh, from Price is Right that goes. Talking about Jeff Rosenstock and his album Ska Dream. This came out back in April. It's a reimagining of his 2020 album No Dream, Skazized. We are going to play <laughs> track number three, Scram. The other side by people who have never tried to see the other side. Don't you want to go away? After listening to that, yes, I do want to get away tonight. Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, I like the guy's voice. I like his energy. I like his deal. I, I think it's cool that he loves a genre and yeah. from a, from childhood, like you probably as well, and takes an album he already made and, and turns it into a, a tribute to a sound he loves, and he probably had a lot of fun doing it. Just not my thing. Yeah. No, I think it started out kind of as like a joke concept, and then I just went, took a little bit further, and man, I think it works so well. This is a record I put on, as soon as I hear this, I just smile. And I knew that is how it should be my number one, because nothing brought me more joy than listening to this record. It is kind of a blast from the late 90s and the ska sound. Yeah, I'm just biased. I have a bias to it, because I hated it at the time, and it's not... Like I said on 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 the episode we talked about the song, it's not fair. Your bias, yeah. <laughs> uh, just how funny and loose and catchy, but also mixed with like a lot of social and political commentary, which mirrors a lot of the feelings I've had the last couple of years. And every song on here just brings that quality to it. It's pretty consistent in terms of sound. It's just. It's funny, charming, and this, this guy, he's just, I wish he was getting more notoriety because no one else is doing this. It's just so cool. It's so cool to hear it, and I just want to give him a, as many props as possible. I think it's awesome. Not that I want to hear Ska become like the new hip-hop or something, <laughs> but the way he does it, I think, is is awesome. Really awesome. I got feedback from a friend of mine and a listener of the show. He's like early 20s. And he was like, oh, I can't believe you guys talked about Jeff Rosenstock. I love that. I love that album. And he's like, and he made fun of me for my old man uh, views on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, I, I don't hear about stuff from my friends too often, but he made a point of being yeah. happy that we talked about this. So yeah, I actually had a friend of mine reach out to you and he was like, I'm so glad you recommended that record because I've been loving it. Oh, well, there you go. And I was like, huh, that's cool. I didn't. That made me go back to it some more. Wow, it is so much fun. It's just like a breath of fresh air. It reminds me of like how good the world was. Oh boy, see, see, see that way. But like, (laughs) that's how it makes me feel. That's what happens when you get old, bro. (laughs) And here you are. (laughs) (laughs) So did you did you wear the checkered suspenders and skank around town? No, I wasn't really that hardcore into it at the time. I was just. 
enjoy that the energy and sort of you know your horns horns are fun especially like oh boy here we go all right that's enough (laughs) yeah so jeff herman sucks god dream my favorite record of 2021 we actually did it man i hope this show isn't too too long it is (laughs) but hopefully people get some value out of this uh hey we do this like every two weeks we put out these these shows here we've been uh pairing new and old records together as of late who knows what 2022 will bring in terms of our formats and never know selections but uh stick around and uh hit that subscribe button we'd love to have you around for the rest of the year if you're into our tastes podcast at albumnerds.com let us know what we should talk about next and what you think of these albums what were your number one album or albums of the year love to know shoot us a note also reach out on Twitter and Instagram at Alum Nerds. Go su- subscribe to and download the show, man. You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other podcast uh, apps you can get us. Tell all your friends about it and uh, have a great 2022. We'll see you with some more recommendations coming up. Yeah, we'll uh, catch you soon. Thanks for listening to our super lengthy episode. Happy New Year, everybody. See ya.